Welcome back, y'all. It's part five of Step Into My Shoes, a series. Uh, yes, this is the final episode. Uh, there's no guests. It's just me and you here for some one-on-one time. Um, and for this episode, I wanted to highlight, you know, Black History Month. By the time you guys are listening to this series and see my Instagram post and all that stuff, it'll be February 2021. But this series was recorded during 2020. So I wanted to uh, definitely make sure by the time y'all hear this in February, you get you get an episode dedicated to Black History Month. Um, so yeah, I wanted to just, you know, give my perspective on Black History Month and touch on the importance of it and highlight some important figures. But first and foremost, I want to explain why there is a Black History Month. So because I, I get that question a lot, like, shouldn't we, shouldn't there not be a Black History Month because... Um, that's not helping equality. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a real question that I get. And so, yeah, we we could get into that. Um, the answer is no, first and foremost, the answer is no, just to be clear. There's a Black History Month because historically, Black voices, Black stories, Black uh, journeys of life have been silenced. We never get highlighted for for what we do and, and how we contribute to society. And, and history has often like been distorted and played against us. So when you have a Black History Month, it's it's to highlight people who have been treated unfairly, people who have been oppressed, people who haven't been given a voice to really take that time and say, okay, let's actually show our appreciation for these people. So that's why there's a Black History Month. Um, that should explain it for you. And I know for me, like being in school, Black History Month was... It wasn't taken that seriously. I, I think a lot of y'all, when y'all hear this, are going to relate to this. But I remember for me being in school, this was how Black History Month went. Uh, you'll be in class, right? And the teacher will be like, okay, class, it's Black History Month. So basically, there was a dude named MLK. And he did a, he did a few protests. And then he got shot. Y'all got any questions? That's pretty much it. So um, that was pretty much the, the gist of Black History. Like, you know, that's kind of how it went in school. And so I wanted to, I wanted to, in this episode, I wanted to highlight five dope black historical figures that I feel like their stories are not as popular um, as they should be. So um, we're going to start with Maria P. Williams. She was born in 1866. She was a Kansas City school teacher. And, um, you know, she entered the political scene in like the 1890s. She was like a good public speaker. She became popular for public speeches um, for like political candidates. And she was also the editor-in-chief of a, of a Kansas City newspaper. You know, in 1916, she published a short pamphlet describing her life and discussing her political social views. And, and that's called My Work and Public Sentiment. But I, I also wanted to highlight her because she is the first black woman to produce, write, and act in her own movie. It was a 1923 movie called The Flames of Wrath. And yeah, she produced it, and she wrote it, and acted and acted in it. And I feel like that's just dope to highlight because, you know, today we have, you know, Oprah's, Ava DuVernay's, uh, just different um, Black women um, who are doing their thing in the acting world, in the producing world. And I feel like uh, people like Maria P. Williams really paved the way for um, the people we have today. And I know when, t- when it comes to like legendary black trailblazers in the acting world, we think of um, like uh, Cicely Tyson and, you know, what the work she did to really pave the way for black actors. Um, and yeah, she definitely did. Like she's an amazing person. But I feel like Maria P. Williams is another trailblazer who just is not often too acknowledged. So I definitely wanted to 
take that time and highlight her. Next, we got uh, one of my personal favorites, Stevie Wonder. You know, he's a legendary singer and songwriter. I'm a big fan of his. You know, if you listen to my soundtrack for my book, he's on a couple of songs because, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. So just for a couple cool facts about him, like everyone knows he's blind, but he wasn't born blind. He lost his eyesight due to uh, receiving too much oxygen in his incubator. And, and that ended up damaging his retinas, which caused him to go blind. But it's crazy because I've seen him in the studio before playing like the drums, piano, um, like uh, harmonica, just all these crazy instruments. It's just like, okay, this man is literally blind and can play. Um, that's some legendary stuff. And I feel like another thing that I wanted to highlight about Stevie Wonder is he also got his first number one Billboard hit at um, 13 years old. So he became the youngest person ever with a, a number one Billboard hit. And I feel like that's crazy because, especially if you're a young person today, uh, you might think of, you know, Drake, Future, Kanye, Travis Scott, people like that, actual grown men who, you know, whenever they drop, you're not, you, you know they're going number one likely with their project or album or single or whatever it is. But Stevie was like, I'm going to do it at 13 because I'm just built like that. So I feel like that's kind of incredible because, yeah, like I said, he's the youngest person ever with a Billboard number one hit. Um, I also wanted to highlight Stevie Wonder because he was one of the main advocates for creating MLK Day. Despite what y'all may think, MLK was actually hated by just a lot of people in society, you know, when he was around um, doing his important work in the 60s. So the um, holiday MLK Day that we know now is like a guaranteed thing. It wasn't a guaranteed thing back in the day. You know, he got killed in the late 60s. But um, MLK Day, that didn't become an actual holiday until um, 1983. And then even after it did, it didn't pass as a holiday in all 50 states. It was like a federal holiday. It passed in all 50 states eventually in 2000. So pretty late. But yeah, back to Stevie Wonder, he was one of the main advocates for pushing for an MLK Day. He met with politicians, he led rallies, and basically just protested to create MLK Day. Um, and also, you know, that Stevie Wonder song, Happy Birthday, you know, everybody knows this song, Happy Birthday to you. That song, it was actually created to honor MLK. It's not like just a, a random Happy Birthday song. Stevie made it to honor MLK. So... Yeah, I feel like Stevie Wonder has done some important work as a musician and as like an activist. And he's still alive to this day because, you know, you know, a lot of times we think of like black history and we think of people who um, are like from hundreds of years ago or 100 years ago or 80 years ago or who are, you know, deceased. But Stevie's, you know, he's he's with us right now. So he's still alive. And so his work is still living through him as he's still alive. So, yeah, shout out to Stevie Wonder. Next, I wanted to highlight Lucy Diggs Slow. So she was born in 1885. She was basically an American educator and an athlete. So that's kind of what she was known for. I wanted to highlight her because she was the first black woman to ever serve as the dean of women at any American university. So yeah, she was just a, she was just a real trailblazer, especially in her work like in the um, academic field. And she was also one of the founders of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, which is the first sorority founded by African-American women. And, you know, like 
especially if you're young, you know how big sororities are to like college life and, and adult life and stuff like that. Even at my school, like I always see like the Alpha Kappa Alpha women, you know, doing their thing and moving around and stuff. And so I feel like that's crazy that, you know, Lucy Slow was like one of the first people to found that sorority um, and also serve as a dean. You know, that that's that's incredible. Um, and she was also like kind of like a double, triple threat. She was also a tennis champion. She won the national title of the American Tennis Association in 1917. So she's actually the first African-American woman to ever win a major sports title. So, you know, today we think of, you know, Serena, uh, Venus, Naomi Osaka. We think of like, we got legends today of like black women who have really like done their thing in sports. But this right here, Lucy Slow, is the first to ever win a major sports uh, title. So I definitely wanted to shout out her because... That right there is just legendary. Just her work um, as like an educator and athlete, incredible. Um, so those are my first three picks. For my fourth pick, I wanted to highlight uh, a man by the name of Haram Revels. So he was born in 1827. So he was born obviously while while we were still enslaved, unfortunately. And um, you know, as as the Civil War began to become a thing. He actually raised two black regiments, like like groups of troops, during the Civil War, like for the Union. And more specifically, he was he was known for fighting in the Battle of Vicksburg, like a like a pretty big and important fight in the Civil War. And I feel like that's important because, like at that time in, in history, black people we weren't known for like having leadership roles. So the fact the fact that he was able to raise two black regiments, groups of troops, is like amazing. I also wanted to highlight him because he was the first ever. African-American senator. To date, there's only been 11 African-American senators throughout history, um, and, and he was the first. So I feel like that's that's amazing because it's only been a select handful, and he was the first one. And, and really, like, he probably went through unimaginable things and just had to stick it through because somebody has to be that first. So, all right, so that's pick four. So for my last pick, pick five, I wanted to highlight Sarah Boone. So um, she was a 19th century African-American dressmaker. Um, she was born in 1832. So she was born at a similar time to uh, Haram Revels. So at this time, you know, it was illegal to teach black kids how to read and write. But she actually overcame that in her, in her later years, in her late 40s, and learned how to read and write. So I feel like that already is just amazing because... You know, I think about my life today and, you know, I might wake up, you know, after doing my morning routine and if I get an Instagram, you know, notification or email or a Canvas school notification, it's nothing for me to just start reading immediately and just scan across the screen and see what and see what the words mean. But at that time when she was living, that was like a, a privilege to know how to read. And so I just wanted to highlight that from from, from just a human standpoint, just like empathizing with that and just overcoming that obstacle that's like super impressive and i'm sure she's not she's not the only one i'm just i just happened to i've picked her from my highlight but also i wanted to highlight her because she was the inventor of the modern day ironing board so in her invention she kind of tweaked ironing board and made like a curvier one that could fit specifically like women's garments and stuff and also like t-shirts and, and and trousers and stuff like that i just said trousers i'm not british but yeah um so I feel like that's an important invention because no matter your race, you know, she was a black trailblazer, but no matter your race, you know, you, you use an ironing board for something, you know, whenever you, whenever you got to go to an interview or a job or like a meeting or just church or dinner, 
and you, you got to iron your clothes and get fresh, you can thank Sarah Boone for that. So, yeah, those, those are my top five picks for Black History Month. Um, I hope y'all learned something. I had to, you know, take y'all to school really quick. And, you know, I kept it pretty, I kept it pretty, you know, to the point. I'm not trying to take y'all through like a college lecture or nothing. But, um, yeah, I felt like it was important to highlight some legendary black figures who have just done dope things because um, a lot of these stories, I'm sure, I'm sure y'all have never heard. So I, I wanted to definitely highlight that. But, yeah, so that is pretty much all I have for y'all. But, yeah, just once again, you know, thank you guys, uh, everybody, you know, audience, the audience out there, just everybody who's tuned into this. Thank you for tuning in. You know, I appreciate everyone who, who's made it through all five parts. Um, thank you to my guests, man, Max, Adisa, Rutendo, Talise. Thank y'all for just allowing the audience to step into your shoes. I appreciate it, you know. My goal, you know, as the producer of this series was really to give the Black experience from, like, different perspectives because being Black is a spectrum. It's not one specific thing or, like, one way of life or one experience. It's different for everybody. And so I wanted to highlight the Black experience you know, the ups and downs, positives and negatives, and have some real conversations with people I respect. So yeah, that was kind of the ultimate goal, as I said at the beginning. So yeah, man, just just thank y'all for tuning in. I put, I plugged everyone else's social media during their episodes at the end. But if you want to find me on Instagram or Twitter, you can find me by just searching my name, Micah Dewani, M-I-C-A-H, last name, D-A-W-A-N-Y-I. And my book, if you want to check it out, is called Step Into My Shoes, Memoirs from the Other Side of America, and it's on Amazon. So yeah, that's where you can find out more of my work. And yeah, thank y'all once again. And that's a wrap on Step Into My Shoes, the five-part series.